What's up, friends? Welcome to the Skate Church Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Shadow, and with me in our Florida studio is my dude, Brandon Baker. Yo! We are out here kicking it, keeping the scene alive in good old Southwest Fort Myers, Florida. And today we're talking about what is sin. We're on lesson number 12 in our Skate Church Movement Devo. And if you haven't checked it out, go to uh, skatechurchmovement.com and you can find 52 weeks worth of Devos on there. All Devos written by skaters for skaters, as well as some other helpful tools to help you start your own skate ministry wherever you're at, or just to give yourself a personal Devo that you can start growing with that has skate terminology and illustrations you can connect with that are, are understandable. But the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about different issues with sin. So today is what is sin. I think next week will be how did sin originate, yep. going into what are the consequences of sin and how does God feel about sin. So it's a lot of sinful things we're talking about. <laughs> so this one was written by our good friend, Joe O'Neill. Good guy. Uh, really good guy. good guy. He's, I believe he's 63 years old and can still front side flip. Okay. He, he's, at least, he's at least 40 though. Like I got respect for that. Yeah. yeah probably, probably around 40, but. I definitely did not know he was 40 until someone told me. No, nah, it blew my mind because I'm yeah. like, oh, a boy, a boy. Well, so we're going to jump into this uh, this topic here again. So check it out. And this is the way that we uh, started teaching it to our skate churches this week. So uh, I'm just going to read the first verse that he started off with, and we'll tell you this cool illustration after that. It says in Isaiah 53, 6, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Woo! Dude, come on. So one way that we started off this uh, this um, skate church was I had all my dudes lined up in front of a flat bar. I said, who can give me like a 50-50 from the, end of the, rail, from the beginning of the rail to the end of the rail first try? And I had all these dudes raise their hands like, oh, I got this. I, I can 50-50 that easy. So I had seven dudes all lined up fully confident like they got this. I got this. And I was like, all right, guys, here's the thing. If you ever locked onto a round rail before, like growing up, we only had square rails. If you like ollie onto that, that's easy. You can lock in perfect. Like once you're in, you're in. Round rails though, you gotta get that perfect lock in. You gotta do the whole like cross lock or the type two, whatever you wanna call it. You gotta get just right, otherwise you're gonna slip out. So I kept saying, guys, aim for this part, get your trucks right here, don't miss the mark. Don't miss the mark on this rail, otherwise you're gonna, you're gonna probably get a lawn chair or something like that. So one by one, they start going. First dude goes up, just overshoots it and flips out. Second guy comes up, goes on, back truck's on, front truck falls off, falls down. Next guy goes the whole way and then just dips down the front of his nose when he gets off the rail, falls down again. Oh, All these dudes, one after another, no one's getting it. I'm like, man, this illustration's really blowing up. Like, everyone's missing the mark. And then our one dude, our boy Jackson, goes up and he goes back 50-50 the whole way across like a boss, just perfect lock-in. And one more dude came up and did the same thing. Just tried to shoot, but then didn't get enough and just flipped back and almost folded right over the rail. It so was only one out of seven one managed out. to get the 50-50 after being completely instructed how to do it. Yep. One out wow. of seven actually hit the mark and everyone else missed the mark. But what's funny is like they weren't trying to miss the mark. They weren't trying to fall. Like when you say, hey, do a trick, like you want to land the trick. It's not that you're trying intentionally to fall. But one person did and the result of it was you did a cool trick. You get everyone to applaud. But everyone else is like, ooh, like it looks kind of, oh, that, that, that had to hurt. Or, oh, that didn't look kind of, that looked kind of messy. Or sometimes, to take even out of a skate illustration real quick, uh, I described like being back in elementary school because we were doing a Bible study the other day. We were doing the whole popcorn reading where you read like two sentences and you're like, all right, uh, popcorn, Brandon. And then Brandon starts reading, whatever. And I remember as a kid, there'd be like a prize if our whole class could always like read on task and like 
make sure we didn't miss, you know, miss the cue, miss the mark of, all right, it's your turn to read. And you'd always look for that one kid who you just knew he was like falling asleep in class. <laughs> and you're like, uh, popcorn, Derek. And then I'm like, oh, um, uh, and then you lose your place. Oh, no. And then the Where whole class, the whole class pays the consequences for your mistake. Cause you missed the mark. You missed the cue to read where you had to read. It's like, Dude, when we miss the mark, dude, it's it can hurt like skating. It can be embarrassing like missing out on reading or whatever. Or when you think that you got it all made up all together like all these other skater guys did, and then you fall, it's like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as a skater as I thought I was. Oh. But but there's a consequence for every time that we miss the mark. And the reason why I keep phrasing it like that is because sin can be translated to missing the mark. Um, but yeah, but like I said too, there's a consequence to it. Sometimes like we are doing sins uh, intentionally, but sometimes we do it by accident. Like we're not trying to sin. And Brandon, you said you had a story about something like that before, right? Yeah. So, so the idea of sin is something that always like confuses us. We always get to the conversation of like, well, well, like, is this a sin? Is that a sin? Or like, does this really count as a sin? So oh, when, yeah. when I was a kid at the skate park, I'm sure you guys probably had this guy at the park that would be there that was annoying i'll just say he was like <laughs> the annoying kid that you were like okay we're bringing out the camera and he's the one that's like oh can i film too with you guys like i want to join i want to join he always gets up in your face so you're trying to play a game of skate with your friends he randomly throws his board in to it to try and jump <laughs> and you're like well we were just gonna do a one-on-one -on -one. okay i guess you can join it'd be awkward if i told you not to well one day we show up to the park uh to, to warm up we were planning on going to hit a street spot that was about a 10 minute skate from the park and we were there for only an hour and we start getting all of our things to go. Well, little homie rolls up and is like, oh, where, where are you guys going? You guys uh, going filming? Can I come too? And I didn't really know that it was a a thing for the group because I was so stoked on being invited in the first place. So I was trying to do anything I could to go with the guys. I didn't realize that we were not supposed to be telling anyone that it was a low key thing. When I found that out and he came and asked me this, I just, I tried to quiet down and back away to see how they were going to handle the situation. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're just kind of done for the day. We're really burnt out. We're uh, we're all just going to head out and probably, like, go swim or, like, do something else. I don't know. We're not thinking about skating for the rest of the day. And then we just dipped and went to the spot that we were going to go film at. So you lied to the kid. Straight up. Straight up lied to this kid. And things like I I tried to think, think to myself, like, well, okay, all right, I'm not doing too bad. Like, I wasn't the one lying to them. Yeah. But I was still a party to the situation. Like, I didn't help anything at all. I felt so guilty afterwards just watching this awkward situation happen with the kid being like, oh, yeah, you guys are probably going filming then, right? Can I come too? Like, there's no way you guys just rolled up for an hour, skated only the stair set, and then packed up and left. And I'm like, oh, gosh, he's on to us, guys. Should we say did something? He, Should did we he, say did something? he find you? That's what I really want to know. Okay. Oh, no, he didn't find us, but he saw the clips. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it was when did you film that, guys? Yeah, seriously, mm. when did you film that? Wearing all of those clothes on that sunny day with that cloud pattern. like oh, no. And I'm uh, sure when he saw that clip, he probably didn't feel so good. He probably yeah. like, well. I mm. was so, like, I was so uncomfortable because, like, I was a party to the situation, but still, like, come on, I didn't do the bad stuff. I wasn't the one who said this kid couldn't come with us. I didn't even talk to him hardly that day. Well... Homeboy Jesus uh, did something crazy in Matthew when he was talking about the different ideas of sin based on like the commandments that were given to us in the Old Testament regarding like murder, swearing, keeping oaths, uh, adultery, like different things like that. And here's a, a specific verse that he gives in Matthew 5, 21 and 22. He says, 
You have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his sister, Raka, which is like um, calling someone unworthy, but probably a little bit more derogatory. You fool. Uh, Something like that. Is, That's what I've always heard. Well, speaking of that, is answerable to court. And if anyone says, you fool. <laughs> no, there will, it is, yeah. <laughs> will be in danger of the fire of hell. The people who thought of it were just as, just as ready for hell as the people who actually mm. committed murder. Like one of the craziest offenses, like you could say all over the world, would be like, you murdered people, you're a bad guy, okay? Like that's that's it, like you for sure committed sin. But just saying that you've called someone dumb, you feel like they're bad, just the idea of it coming into your mind, that alone is just as strong of a sin. Kind of like when in, uh, in the Bible when it says, like even if you looked at a woman lustfully, like you've committed adultery in your heart, yes. just by looking at her in that way and having that thought in your heart, it's like, dude, you're just as guilty. Right. right. That continues on in this chapter. Like, that's what Jesus is doing. And what he is doing is not trying to bring, like, the hellfire and brimstone saying, all you of you shall repent or die. What he's doing right here is because most people could probably say in their life on average, well, I've not murdered anyone. Mm-hmm. But you've had these thoughts. I'm sure you've, you've hated somebody things. before. I'm you sure you've thought it. about killing somebody before. Right. And that comes off. And what he's doing here is he's evening the playing field. And he's reminding us that, no, not all of us are are living in this world where we're probably not sinning. No, we're all subject to sin. We're all living in a world that is producing sin that, if anything, is pushing us to sin more often. Like, it is the norm to sin. It is welcomed. And that's what I was doing, and I did not even realize in that day at the skate park, just being with the group and knowing sure as well that we were not going to be inviting him and keeping him from going, that I was doing something really hurtful. And that's what like baffles me in that Jesus takes us and he shows us sin is prevalent. You have sinned. You have sinned. All of you have sinned. And like, that's where it really gets to me. And, and that helps me understand, like just missing the mark. Like sin is an immoral act that that is considered to be a transgression against God or an act that's regarded as a serious or regrettable fault or offense. And the best way to translate that to the skaters is like, dude, have you guys done something where as soon as you did it, you just immediately were like, Oh, I hope my mom doesn't find out about that. Or, oh, my dad's going to whoop me if I find out about that. Like, it's like even before I got saved, I just knew like what was wrong, what was right. I knew the things I'm like, this feels good, but I feel guilty for liking this good thing because it's not, it's not making me feel good afterwards though. Um, right. We all, we all have a moral compass. Like think of how a compass works. Like it, it just does because of the magnetism that is in the world. That's why we use the term moral compass. We all have this innate sense of what is good and what is right. That Mm -hmm. is always pointing us towards right. And as soon as you go off of that, that's when the tummy aches come into play. That's when the guiltiness comes in. It's true. And it's like, and how do we know what the right mark is? Like the best thing to go to is God's word. When we read the Bible, we see clear as day. This is how we're supposed to live, how we're not supposed to live. And, and again, I say this a lot. It's like, I don't like to focus on all the do nots in the Bible, but I like to focus on the do's. And if there's any do not, like one big sin that's more heavy than the rest of them, which again, like they're all, everything's equal in God's eyes. Nothing's heavier, lighter than any other one. But there is one common do not that's said more than any other do not in the whole Bible. And it's not like, don't have sex until marriage. Don't get drunk. Don't do this. It's don't fear. Like, don't fear is the number one, like, the command like that in the Bible. And you look at what sin is. Each one of those sins out there, like, I mean, you can go into uh, anything from lying or cheating, gossiping, lusting, talking bad about others, getting drunk, or making someone else sin. 
Like, why do we sin in the first place? If you really boil it down, in my opinion, I think it comes from a place of fear. Yep. The fear of, well, I don't think I'm going to be accepted by these people, so I'm going to lie about who I am. Or I am afraid that I'm going to be alone my whole life and no girl wants me, so I'm going to resort to pornography. Or I have a fear of, like, you know, whatever it might be. Like, that's that root, man. And, like, all these things, like, if that's the root, then the branches, dude, are going to be super ugly. They're going to be super messy and janky. I don't want that. So, in the whole story, in the Bible, if you really think about it, too, is it's about sin. Like, sin came in the world in the very first, you know, bit of the Bible in Genesis. And then you got all that bit in the middle. It's just like, it's like God's rescue mission of, like, dude, sin came in this world and it came to put a, like, a separation between me and you. No longer will that happen. And I want to show you that I'm with you. I'm fighting for you. And I'm going to have you back again. I will build you back to being my sons and daughters again. So fast forward to Jesus sending his son once for all sacrifice for our sins. So he can break off the power of sin off our lives. And now we can actually have relationship with God the Father again. That was ruined back in the garden. But now we get to have this relationship. So the Bible's message is like, dude, sin came in to separate. But Jesus came in to bring us back together. And it's so sick, but, but I know we're going to talk about the consequences of sin like later on, but it, it does help to mention like so many times when we sin, uh, I know Proverbs fourteen twelve has a really cool quote says like, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it ultimately will lead to destruction. It will ultimately lead to death. Mm-hmm. Like there's things we could say, oh yeah, this is, this, this seems good. This is basically feel good inside. But when we chase after a feeling, usually we just find ourselves in a place of disappointment. Like, man, this thing didn't live up to the hype. It's like we choose things that we think will bring life, but will ultimately bring death. And Jesus even warned about that in Matthew chapter 7. And he talks about like the narrow gate and the wide gate. In Matthew 7, verse 13, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Like, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to live this life that Jesus calls us to live, but he did model it. And he said he was without sin. And all of us, even though we have fallen short of the glory of God, like, I'm so hyped that he gives us second, fourth, fifth, thousandth chances to get our stuff together. But it is possible. It is possible to be set free, like, from our sins. There's a verse in Galatians 5.1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery is like that burden of sin that's saying, dude, sin is here to tangle you up, to trip you up, to keep you in your place and put you down all the time and say, oh, I'm a horrible person. But Jesus doesn't want you to see yourself as a horrible person. He wants to see you as victorious, as made new, and as you don't have to keep tripping up, man. And I remember when I first got saved, this is one of the things I heard is like, dude, you don't have to keep on sinning anymore. Mm -hmm. And I always hear people say, but you can't be perfect, but that in no way should ever keep us in our place and saying, well, I'm not going to keep striving ahead. Like we talked about last week with Paul, like he kept saying, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I keep pushing forward because I know I can have more freedom. Yeah. And when I was, um, that verse is so special to me because growing up, I mean, one of the things I dealt with was like super low self-esteem, the need to be accepted, but swearing like, dude, I talked like a sailor back then. And I was like, Lord, if you really can, like if you broke off sin in my life and I know swearing is, that's a sin for me. So, I mean, Ephesians five, check it out. Uh, I was like, I can't do that. Like, I don't know if I should, if I'm allowed to do this. So if you can set me free, like, please like set me free. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. And I just offered that up to him and really prayed and asked God for that freedom because he says he gave us freedom from sin. So it turned into one word a day, one word a week, one word a month. And now it's 
it's been 13 years now that he's fully broken that off my life, which I'm hyped about. But it doesn't matter if it's like whether it's swearing, whether it's, again, like pornography or just low self-esteem, whatever your thing might be, you can and you will, I'm declaring that in Jesus' name, have full freedom over that because Christ gave you full freedom over those things. Because he doesn't want us to keep just continuing the same sins that we've just grown up all around us. Like you look at what's in the world today and you see wars, you see corruption, you see racism, you see just deceit running rampant, you see suicide, you see rape, you see all these things, poverty, whatever it might be, all those things from a root of sin in someone's heart. It may have started with just one person, that one person's sin, it'll affect you, but it can affect others as well. And some of those things, you let it affect others and it becomes bigger issues to affect people for generations. And it all stems from that place of sin, which as we said before, came from a place of fear. Where God said, dude, if there's one do not you guys focus on, if there's anything you get from this podcast is saying, dude, don't fear. And if God gives you that command to not do it, then it's possible. It is possible to live a life that has no fear where you just say, Lord, you're good. You're in control. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry because you are good. You're in control. And I'm going to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and know that I don't need to worry because you got me covered, man. And I'm hyped on that. So in the midst of all of it, we could say, there's too much sin in the world. There's too much whatever. It's like, nope, God created you and me to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus to know who we are and who is we are and go out with authority to go and see the world changed. Like, that's what we can do. We can break the cycle of sin because Christ broke it and he allows us to walk in the way that he walked and be be freedom bringers, man. He yeah. brought it to us first so we can carry it out to the rest of the world. So I'm still I'm still stuck on, on you bringing up that Galatians verse because just using the word yoke, like, mm. like yourself, do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. For those of you who don't know, he's not talking about like an egg yoke or anything Mm-mm. like that. No, it's we're not making a, an omelet over here. No, it's a yoke, as in the the beam that sits across the shoulders of of like a bovine creature that is carrying something. Like it's saying that sin is this piece of wood that is holding two buckets of water on each side that is more than you can handle. And instead of pouring out those buckets into other people's buckets. It's pouring it straight to the ground because you are free and absolved of that sin through Christ. Yes, all of us are in a world where we are given a yoke to bear, but we don't have to. Sin may be this weight on your shoulders, but God is asking you to give him that weight freely. Don't fear. Don't focus on all of these do's and do nots. If anything, if you're doing all of the do's, you won't have to worry about the do nots. Yeah. Because that is seriously what God is looking for. It is a loving relationship with him that is getting us away from the binds of sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, all the, all the things he's saying of like, what is sin, it's all throughout the New Testament. Check it out. But I always ask this question. like, is this life-giving or is it life-taking? And God wants you to go into the path that is life-giving fully all the time. And sometimes things may seem like, you know, quote unquote fun times, but there've been a bunch of things I've passed up that seemed like they were fun, seemed like they were good. And, and you know, and I felt like I was missing out, but in the long run, I'm like, man, God, like you weren't putting those rules in my life to like be a killjoy. You put those rules in my life to save me and also save me from a lot of pain, save me a lot of from, save me from a lot of drama or from a lot of just destruction in general. So like, what is sin? Dude, sin's out to get you, man. Sin's out to just destroy your life and take what the Lord meant for a good and let the enemy use it for evil instead. So, um, you know, as the weeks go on throughout this same study, we're going to talk about what, did, what are the consequences of sin? Where did it come from in the first place? And how does God really feel about it? But hopefully that gives you guys a little taste of, you know, what what is it? Like, what is it? What effect does it have on us? All that good stuff. And but also gives you the hope of like what we can have uh, through Jesus that, yeah, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the God's glory. But... Thank God 
we have Jesus who we don't have to keep living in that place. And if we are sinners, like dude, like he came for us, like he Mm -hmm. came to the world for people exactly like us who are screwed up and, that's what we have for you guys, man. So I'm I'm hyped on it though, because since it's a heavy topic to talk about, um, it can be uncomfortable to talk about, especially when you talk about grace in there. Also, uh, it's like, man, God, I can't always understand why you are the way you are, but you're good at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent, any final thoughts as we close up shop here? Dude, thank God we have the imagery in Isaiah that we are a bunch of sheep that have a shepherd to follow, one that keeps our wool sheared, one that leads us to pastures of green fields where we can eat, one that leads us to water. Instead of us following another sheep that thinks it knows the shortcut to water and stumbles off a cliff, thank God we have a shepherd to follow. I'm about it. Dude, well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in this week. We, uh, yeah, we got a little du- double double podcast action this week. We had we just launched another episode today with our dude Dunk, uh, talking about his camp, Camp Good Buddy, which is super, super, super tight. So check out that. If you listen to this one, go check that out. If you've already checked that out, then sweet, thank you. Um, You're up to date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other than that, stay tuned for next week. We'll keep diving into more of these sinful topics. But uh, until next time, guys, keep pushing forward. <laughs>